Hello and welcome to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Weedman and I corral the topics. Jimmy does the editing and we have Jordan and Matt with us and here today to help us along this this lovely ride of casual, <laughs> informative and uh, sometimes important video game talk and news. How Hooray. is how is everyone doing tonight? I'm doing good. Good. How's, good. Uh, how's the people? How's your weeks? Anybody? It, it's it's it's, <laughs> oh. it's been good on my end, you know. Just, just yeah. a lot of editing this week for some reason. A lot of mm-hmm. buckling down. Um, but but I've been playing uh, Alien Isolation. Have you guys oh played? Oh my that? god! I, I wish I wish I was. Did you Redbox it, it or get the PC version? Uh, PC version. And okay. It's, how's uh, how's, how's the how's the optimization on that? Good. Because that's, really? that's what I gotta worry about these days. Because my hardware is just now starting to get out of date. <laughs> Georgian is is <laughs> one forty four <laughs> frames per second monitor. Well, or that whatever. that makes it worse know, because right? that means like my standards have been like raised to an an improbably um expensive level. Like I I would love it if I had a smaller punier screen because then I could lower the resolution and the games would run faster. Yeah. But uh but anyways, I'm glad to hear that the PC version ended up okay. I'm kind of surprised too cuz Creative Assembly's not good at that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a GTX 780, so I don't I don't know if, you know, that's too powerful for the regular person. I don't know how many people yeah. have like you know, uh, upgraded uh, well, well, graphics I'm, card, but I, I've run it at like 60 FPS easy uh, I'm, with I'm everything on high. A AMD 6800 from like 2011. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, uh, come on, it was like four, <laughs> four almost four years ago. So uh, I was oh I was gosh. young. It was a very different time, and I do need <laughs> to upgrade soon. But uh, that is that is what I have to worry about these days is the quality of, of optimization. Yeah, you should definitely get a monitor first instead of getting a graphics card first. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. Well, you know, if my graphics card broke, I might have gotten that first, but no, no, my monitor <laughs> broke. Oh, yeah, that's fair. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, nice. if anyone ever talks to me about why I'm silly for buying a monitor, I could just tell them it broke. Yeah. When I things mean, you break, you have a great excuse to, uh, you know, be a little Splurge consumerist a and buy yourself a treat. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Are you guys into horror games much? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, like, you you got to like, play okay. it then. I I wasn't a while ago, and then I think when I played through Amnesia for the first time, that's when I like realized how much I enjoyed horror games. Because I hate horror movies, so I just kind of assumed that I would hate horror games. But I think after playing through Amnesia, I was like, you know what? I actually really like this. It's a very I, different experience. Yeah, there's there's something more satisfying about instead of like watching a bunch of people get mutilated, it's like you get to like experience be your it. own outcome. Like you get to like yeah, I'm in a shitty situation where I'm like being chased by scary, spooky ghosts, but like also I'm in control of if I get away or not. So. I don't know. There's something empowering about that. It, yeah. It's 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 good. Like in the, you know, you don't you know how people do horror games very cheaply these days. You know, mm-hmm. you know, you got the Slender Man's out there and everything like that. Like <laughs> this game has some love. Like you remember how when Dead Space came out and they really started working with sound mm-hmm. and how Dead Space was like way better just because the sound design was like 
perfect. You know, yeah. regular ship sounds will sound like something might be behind you or, or it, it will jolt you up a little bit. You're like, oh, okay, hold up. What? Is some, something going to come out the vent? So, right, you know, right. what's that creaking in the back? And the ship sounds will keep you on edge and add that intensity that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's like a buildup. In the beginning of the game, it's like a buildup towards mm-hmm. that. And you're, you're, you walk into the unknown. If you've watched the movies, you really feel... Like I don't know, like uh, you're you're in our outer space, like the atmosphere of the game, just kind of like it, it feels. It feels it, like sincere. Yeah, like it, it feels good. Like it feels like they put they put some time into the level design and making it feel alien to to <laughs> you, you know, not just like <laughs> regular. Like oh, you know, here's some Unity levels. Let's just slap this <laughs> I'm in also- there. I'm just like really happy to see that IP get a proper video yeah. game treatment. Right, right, it's been and, a and long even time. even before <laughs> then, like there have been good <clears throat> games with the Aliens branding. Like a- AVP is is a classic series in the early days, but that wasn't necessarily like an Alien game. Like I don't uh-huh. know, I'm one of the few fans who actually liked the first Alien movie better than all the others. But um, it just seems like it was such ripe picking grounds to uh, make games out of. And in a way, it kind of was, because from that we got like Metroid and Doom and all sorts of tired tropes that, uh, I guess, cliches, really, that kind Mm -hmm. of um, folded off of those brands. But the Alien brand itself, though, the one that like ostensibly started it all was uh, is is surprisingly ripe ground because... um, we got some good spin-off games from a spin-off franchise, but not mm-hmm. good games from that franchise itself. Yeah, that's it was actually funny that you mentioned like like tropes and how like Alien was part of starting it because like uh, I never really watched the original Alien or Aliens, any of the uh, the old movies. It but was eye-opening seeing Aliens in like 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, Alex was actually telling me that um, the like the idea of the Space Marine mm-hmm. that was like aliens like it was oh, like, yeah, you that. That. yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you, if you do watch them nowadays for the first time you will like notice how everything is just ripped off aliens yeah. for the rest of human history since aliens yeah like if you say space marine now like you can probably think of like five ca- you, you, like you think it's characters. just kind of endemic to the genre but no right. it's an aliens ripoff yeah which that's really interesting and um i don't know i agree with you guys that it's like it's cool to see like a proper treatment given to the franchise. I really want to play it, but I don't know if I'll get around to it. But I really want to. But it, I don't know. It really almost know. seems like <laughs> it was made to be a horror game. Almost. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, well, and yeah, like that's what I was hoping for. Yeah. The, yeah. There, there are so many scenes in Alien of them like sneaking around the alien and crafting mm-hmm. items in their environment yeah. to use as traps and weapons against the alien. Like very, very uh, kind of pre-gamey game concepts and then there's that scene in aliens where they play a little game of battlefield with the aliens yeah. where they like have an actual mini map on a display that they're holding as like space marines complete objectives while others cover them in a overworld <laughs> map i don't know i just can't imagine why it seems so easy to make a game off of that stuff that yeah. everyone who is not involved that with it, it has already long. made a game out of it <laughs> But uh, the license itself is not, and that kind of that, that surprised me. No, I yeah. am actually like thunderstruck that it took this long for that yeah. to happen because yeah, yeah <laughs> I mean they are kind of like video gamey, and the original Alien, it kind of like I don't want to say it was the first sci-fi movie to do this, but 
it like really strongly blurred the line between science fiction and horror. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so like yeah. sci-fi nerds went to go see it, but then horror geeks went to go see it, and everyone loved it because it was <laughs> fucking terrifying. So. Yeah, it's actually oh God, um, it's such a good movie. The most that I know about that about the Alien movie, um, do you know Belated Media? He's the guy who did the yeah. um, What If Star Wars episodes yeah. were good. Yeah. Um, he has a, a movie talk series where he like invites guests on to talk about movies, and um, I I edit those, and he did one with. Barry Kramer from Game Grumps on Alien. And so I know most of about Alien from like editing that and listening to them talk about it. And yeah, like it's it was like the first or one of the first like pure like combinations of sci-fi and horror that like just fluidly did both at the same time. It's really, really cool. And it holds up today. Like I, I watched like an, a mm. super HD version uh, uh-huh. last year and I was like, wow, this it looks this, good. This it was shot really good. well. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really like kind of it reminded me a lot of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Like if they just decided to turn that into a horror movie because the beginning of it is like really silent. There's a lot of quiet time, a lot of like clean, symmetrical, slow panning shots. Oh, yeah. It's it, like it looks it's like good, good still. It's like a good hour and ten minutes of build-up before you get to the actual horror parts in that movie, <laughs> which is like the game, right, Matt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's fifteen. Hours, well, it took me seventeen hours to 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 beat the game, and mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I, I you know, you know, when you play a horror, you get desensitized a little mm-hmm. bit. You know, some things don't scare you, and they do play on that a little bit later on in the game. But it's like, man, this game was pretty long. And oh, yeah. I, I just, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it anymore. This stupid alien would just, they make the, the, the AI for the alien is pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I heard that it's like, like kind of ridiculous how smart the alien AI yeah. is. It's almost like <laughs> if you're not meant to survive. I don't even know, you, you barely survive. And I guess that's where <laughs> the the horror comes into play. It's like, man, right. I barely <laughs> You know, got away from that, and yeah. you know, because you you can't oh you can't do anything. If he comes down from the ceiling, you can't do anything but crawl or yeah. and hide because mm-hmm. he will see you. He will find you. There's no there's no way. There's no <laughs> yeah. way because the, the alien will smell you or something, and it'll it'll like go in your <laughs> general direction. I'm like no. No. Okay, you need this. This needs to be a game where you patrol a set scripted, you know, area. Don't come yeah. over here. It's uh, that, that it's, seems to echo a lot of the uh, where I see a lot of the mix of the mixed reviews coming from is uh, a lot of people who praise the style, the execution, the atmosphere of it, while also saying that the AI kind of ruins the pacing of the game mm-hmm. it does yeah. it, it, it kind of does and it, that was one of my things I, I talked about in the review I was just like the, sometimes the alien is coming up and down up and down up and down the ceiling and there's you can't go forward because yeah. the alien is there there's there's no way uh, early on into the in the game to like make the alien back off because you could never kill the alien right you know you could try Spoilers. to distract them with crafted <laughs> items and stuff like that but mm-hmm. yeah you know, you know, oh, well, yeah. Well, you, you can never kill the alien, so yeah. I mean, <laughs> so there you go. Um, um, you know, yeah. you, you can like craft like noisemakers and like throw it in a, another direction, and the alien will like, oh, what's this? But then like the alien will get smart and be like, oh, uh, where did this thing come from? And I'm like, oh, it, <laughs> yeah. It's, you're waiting there for for so, so the save points are 
There's save points. There's no auto save. So right. you could die and that. go all the way back. Uh, I think that's that is, brilliant. The save points are real time too, aren't they? Like you can get killed while saving, right? Uh, yeah, you're looking around. You can look around <laughs> while you're saving. It's ridiculous. Like, why did they put this in? Is save well, points not totally, sacred anymore? Okay, it's totally, I mean, it's totally dependent on where they place them as far as the level designer's job go. Yeah. But, like, the whole concept of it, I feel, in, in all the games I've played through it, which is not a lot, not a lot of games do that. Just, like, the only ones I can actually think off the top of my head are the early Resident Evils and, um, like, Silent Hill and that Half-Life mod, Cry of Fear. Uh-huh. And, oh, I want to play that. It's not bad. Isn't it similar I, I really to Fatal it. Frame? Like, there's ghosts, uh, no. right? Wait, I, yeah, oh, no, 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 no. Ghosts. I'm thinking of a different game. I did see I think Cry you of Fear. Are. Yeah, no, I know the difference. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's just, um... I guess that concept can be really hit or miss depending on level design, but mm-hmm. I, I feel like it just adds such an incredible amount of, of tension to to horror that it like almost maybe should be necessary. <laughs> oh, to do, uh, do you mean like unsafe save or, or zones? Or at least more common than it is. Yeah, either unsafe save zones, but also like just there being save zones and not not, not a quick save button. Right, right. Oh, I, okay, I see what you Because quick save buttons do a lot to kill to kill Qu- tension. Right, quick save buttons do a lot to like like the same way they kind of ruin the they're, whole they're, they're the good whole for like games Bethesda for- game experience where it's like, well, this looks important. Gonna quick save in case I do something I don't enjoy. Like... Well, they they serve their purpose, but I think that purpose is to encourage player experimentation, right? And that's not exactly, I guess, what um, what what the ethos of horror is about. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily about like playing with stuff, as it is reacting and avoiding stuff. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, <laughs> it was funny how you were mentioning earlier, though, that uh, the game like you were saying that the game becomes like a little less scary towards the end and it becomes like a little more like you're determined to to win rather than determined not to die or like rather than like being afraid of death you're determined to like get to the end kind of thing um i was oh, yeah. i've been watching I, I hate to bring this up i know jordan's gonna cringe but <laughs> uh, i've been watching a lot of five nights at freddy's playthroughs <laughs> and it's funny how uh in the fifth night everybody takes on the same attitude where the first four nights are scare fests and the fifth night is always like i'm no longer scared i just want to beat the game the fifth night's infuriating yeah it's i've been watching freaking golden freddy fazbear that comes out of a poster on the wall (laughs) and he'll get you like and there's nothing you can do about it yeah I don't know if that's maybe that's the sixth night, but maybe he no, can just it, spawn randomly. No, he. I, I was actually looking up. I've been pretty fascinated with the game lately, so I've been <laughs> scrubbing through the wiki and finding all, all I can about it. And there's there's some rules that it that are like you can despawn him if you know how, but if you don't know how, it just seems like a completely like cheap death. But it's just funny that like consistently throughout all the playthroughs I've watched, the first four nights are like spooky scary and the last night is always like i am going to do this and they like the jump scares will happen and they'll die and they won't react even at all they'll just like start another file again so funny so uh jordan what have you been up to this week more resident evil just <laughs> so Which much ones are you at now right now well i still hadn't finished two but I, I started all of them like together so i've been like just playing one at a time Oh, I mean, reached, I mean, um, I'm not playing one at a time. I'm just playing all <laughs> oh, of them. 
Did you did you see the um, Rev Three got got a hold of a preview version of the remake remake? And yeah, it, it looks pretty good. It looks pretty neat. It's very very beautiful. I love. That's one of my favorite games of all time for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. It's hard to tell from from a YouTube quality video, but I'm hoping those backgrounds really are like a um, raw from the source conversion to 1080p instead of them just trying to upscale it because that might end up being a mess. Yeah, but it looked from what I saw like that was the case. The intro FMV, however, I guess they don't have the originals for that, um, was still blurry as hell. But once they actually (laughs) got into that first screen of the mansion, it was it was gorgeous. (laughs) I'm surprised they don't like remake i mean the cutscenes are beautiful but i'm surprised they're not gonna try and like completely redo them just for this remake because they are that that would be nice that would be nice if instead of um either upscaling it into a blurry mess or going keeping the originals around and re-rendering it they remade it with modern um pre-rendering tech i guess i guess the one thing to be worried about in that case is them trying to change the style of it to something that might not work yeah that, but this is resident evil i mean well, it's true it's but that's not that exactly intro, sacred that intro for the remake is so delightfully creepy the way the dogs <laughs> like move i kind of don't want them to remake it just because i know they wouldn't make it as good as it was <laughs> yeah. but yeah i don't know well, I also really like what they've done with the um, control scheme. You have basically your shoulder relative tank controls, like in the classic good old days, or camera relative controls, like what you had in um, like Silent Hills two through four, and you can turn them on and off, either mode on or off in the options menu. But what that actually does, I love this. I love this. What that actually does is switch the D pad or the analog stick out to whichever mode. <laughs> So you can go back and forth from each one depending on what you like in a given situation, which is probably going to make it really easier because either mode can um, be preferable for which which background you're against. Like, y- you notice that um, in, in a lot of the tighter knit areas when the camera angle changes a lot, mm-hmm. if you had camera relative controls, suddenly the direction of the stick you're holding might make your character move an entirely different direction if the camera like crosses over the axis of action when they hit the next camera angle but um but here i guess you could like tactically just move your thumb from the analog (laughs) stick or the d-pad depending on how wide of a berth the background is giving you i i love that idea though like that just kind of makes me want to crank it up to hard mode and see how well i do yeah (laughs) <laughs> I, I almost always play Resident Evil on hard because it makes it so much scarier. Mm. I mean, in some ways it doesn't because it like it, there's like so many monsters that there's almost like no claustrophobia that normal and easy would give you. But have you gotten to Code Veronica yet? Um, I don't need to play through that for the video I'm working on, but oh, I know so... I'm very familiar with it. Yeah, that, that's a good one. <laughs> That's one of the good I, I, I mostly, I just love it for the voice acting on um, Alfred Ashford's part. Gotta get off this crazy <laughs> island. <laughs> oh yeah, him too. Little yeah, Canadian I love that boy. guy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, I love, there's like a scene where Alfred Ashford, is, he's like dressed up as a woman still. And he's like setting up some <laughs> trap and then he just goes. Mm-hmm. It's like Gosh. the creepiest laugh I've ever heard. I that wish they still terrible. did that. At number five, they like tried to make the voice acting serious, even though the story was equally stupid as they've always been. 
but ah, there's they they lost so much so much charm. And they tried I feel to... like I feel like for maybe six podcasts in a row, we've had some sort of Resident Evil thing that has spurred on a conversation about Resident <laughs> Evil voice acting. Yeah, because because <laughs> yeah. it's like an essential part of the experience. Why I would know. why would it, Capcom ruin the thing everyone loved about their games, which is the shitty voice acting? I know it's just so funny that like uh, it's happened so many times from different like sources that have led into that part of the conversation. It's so funny. Yeah. I feel like I yeah. know so much about Resident Evil voice acting without having ever played any of them. <laughs> it's oh, fun. You, oh yeah, it's fun I voice acting. Saying that, I need to. I'll get and play four. Eventually, <laughs> four is a good one to start with. It makes it; it'll make it harder to play the older ones, though, if you start with four. Well, the older ones, like they control so differently, they might as well be a different genre. Mm, that's true. They're almost incomparable. And remake always looks good, no matter what year Just it is. Just start with the remake, but yeah, oh, the remake's so good. And then play <laughs> the original, because because you can see like how the style. Yeah, actually, that would be really fun to go from RE4 to remake to the original, because um. That'd be the full package, really. <laughs> All wow. right. Well, okay. I'll keep that in mind if I ever, if I ever am feeling cheeky and want to play uh, Resident Evil. With the remake coming, the remake remake coming out soon. I mean, we're gonna get some opportunity to. Yeah, definitely. Um. Anyways, this this week I tried and utterly failed to get into fighting games. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> great. Yeah. Um, well, well, I mean, you remember you remember Matt from from our fight night last week. Yeah, right. Do you remember my my general level of performance at any amazing. game other than dive kick, right? Mhm. <laughs> well, we played I, like Smash and then played a yeah. little bit of Street Fighter 3 Third Strike like, and I'm okay that at was Smash, but I kept losing at Street Fighter. Well, only one guy. It was, was just that dude he, he was, was just brutal. good with chung lee he just brutal. kept kicking the whole time just he just fell down the kick button yeah but, but then, then we played king of fighters a game that i actually have been playing hours of and matt was still like no no george no you're just you're just gonna lose <laughs> <laughs> i have experience you know like past experience but i don't want to say that i'm bitter but after 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 everyone went home that night I I got my controllers out. I went through all of them to see which one works best. Oh wow! <laughs> I played through maybe four hours of just practice mode in King of Fighters. I downloaded a bunch of um, Mame emulators and ROMs and went through all the Critical Street Fighters, a couple old King of Fighters, and the JoJo game, Ooh. and performed horribly at every one of them. Well, to be fair. I don't think it's a smart idea to be jumping between several different fighting games. Yeah. Because yeah, even yeah, between true. like even between Street Fighters, just between like within that franchise, playing different Street Fighters is like playing completely different games. And, as far and then as you like have to pick a different character and find right. one you like, which is like playing a different game within the game. Right. Unless you're <sighs> unless you like play Ryu in every Street Fighter, but like <laughs> chances are you don't play Ryu. In every I, I just Street don't Fighter. know what to do. Like like the pixel art in these games is so good, but I am so bad. Mm. I have uh, yet to win a single online match of King of Fighters. I figured out how to fit a lot, fix a lot of the latency issues I was having earlier. I figured out which controller I like best. It turns out that on the D-pad, on the Logitech controller I have, I can feel the diagonal snap a little better. Uh, I yeah. mean, it's still nothing like having an actual fight pack or a fight stick, but like, oh god, I don't know what it is. Like, the temptation 
to win at least one is like so great. <laughs> I might go out and spend like forty dollars on a little starter stick. Oh man, just to uh, it's just to know what it's, it's like to win one man. match. It's all about execution. Like oh you just God. have to learn how to do the moves, and you have to sit there and do the moves over and over and over again with whatever thing you're using. If you're using a joystick, then use a joystick. You know, if you're using a controller, then use a controller. But you have to just keep doing it over and over and over again until yeah, you I mean, get it. Didn't, uh, if I recall correctly, didn't um, one of the guys who made Top 8 at Evo in Street Fighter 4, didn't he use a Xbox, uh, Xbox 360 gamepad? Oh, Maybe. I, I know one of, one of the guys uh, used it was a either Luffy or Snake Eyes. Oh, Snake didn't Eyes someone used use... Xbox 360 controller. Didn't, right. someone, pad. didn't someone use a PS1 controller, though? Yeah, that was Woofy. He won the last... Yeah. yeah. So like yeah, I mean like essentially what I'm what I'm saying is like doesn't really matter what your controller is, just get comfortable with a controller that yeah. you're comfortable with, and right. then you'll get like you can get good with that. But like the thing with fighting games is like you can get execution down, but then you also have to do the other seventy five percent of the fight, which is mind games with your opponent. And, because and like, also like the the strategy and like the split second knowing and reaction time. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That's like, what like, I mean. Like if you. If you know all the moves, but you can't read your opponent, then they're just going to stomp you re like regardless. But I, I think one of the reasons why I guess I guess I've spent years of my my teenage life playing Counter Strike, and now in my adult life I'm good at Counter Strike, but that's not what all the cool kids play. <laughs> so I guess the reason though why why it might be my game, and I guess why I also like stealth and horror games so much, is that like. Competitive Counter-Strike is a lot more of a test of patience yeah. than it is of reflexes. Like, when you figure out crosshair placement and movement, like, aiming as as <laughs> as demanding of precision as Counter-Strike is, aiming is, um like, second on your priorities list, as is placement and, and strategy and also right. patience. Mm -hmm. Like, there's a lot of risk and reward that you have with... Um, with going out and, and trying to rush the enemy team versus mm -hmm. staying and guarding and being patient and fighting games are not a test of patience they're much more a test of, of reflex I guess and memorization because um, also I that's mean, another problem I'm having is memorizing long combos I can't I can't memorize especially with King of Fighters when you have to pick a team of three characters <laughs> and, and remember three different long combos well like it as far as that goes Fighting games can be just as much a test of patience depending on the character that you use. Because, like, some Did characters... Did I just say something really dumb? <laughs> well, like, not... No, not really dumb. It's just, like, there's a lot of fighting styles or, like, characters. Like, for example, some characters in, in Street Fighter work better reactionary than they do aggressive. Like, some characters need to be going in there all the time. They need to be, like, like just hitting it. Yeah, like, like Cammy, like, uh, Yun. If you're, like, not in their face hitting them, you're probably like you're probably getting outplayed a little bit and some characters play the exact opposite they wait for the opponent to come to them and it's all about patience like you can't like waste your opportunity and like go in and then get hit you just have to wait for them to come to you so it's like there's so many factors that, that need to be taken into account and learning a fighting game is fucking hard dude <laughs> yeah mm. <laughs> takes time I, well, I mean, I didn't did even. You guys do it. I'm not. I didn't. I'm not good. <laughs> Matt's at least better than me. And I don't know. I I I I played a lot of fighting games when I was a kid. 
a lot of Dreamcast, and Dreamcast had a horrible controller, so I don't even know how I managed that. <laughs> yeah, well, what was the deal with that? The Dreamcast had great fighting games, but a terrible controller for fighting games. Yeah, it, it oh, was big and I hockey. actually, I grew up with uh, Jaguar, and um, my my dad helped make uh, one of the like more popular fighting games on the Jaguar, and that oh. controller is like a nightmare. <laughs> and I like kind of mastered that game with it, so... One of the few fighting games I actually played as a kid. The, the, the big fighting game I played as a kid was Soul Calibur. I spent hours oh, yeah. upon hours upon hours, and it that doesn't help now though because no, it doesn't. Because Soul Calibur, no, no, no other games even control like Soul Calibur. No, Soul Calibur's eight way run, which makes it so much different than like King of Fighters, Street yeah. Fighter, Marvel it's, it's, Capcom. It's 3D, not 2D. Like if you you can't do quarter circle moves in King of and uh, Soul Calibur, and that's what trips <laughs> me up in um trying to learn other 2D fighters nowadays is is i just cannot wrap my head around where my thumb is in terms of the quarter circle motions i'm making because yeah. like, and you know in soul caliber if you actually do a quarter circle motion it'll cause your character to step towards the camera which which throws off any other moves you might be inputting maybe towards the uh away from the camera side of your opponent yeah i personally for enjoyment factor i like soul caliber a lot more than any other fighting game like traditional fighting game i mean like not counting stuff like current like brawlers like lethal league or something but um i don't know i know like soul caliber is not like the most competitive or like balanced or fair fighting game and a lot of people see it as a joke in competitive communities but like yeah i don't know i enjoy it a lot more because it's got that like three way that like 3d dynamic instead of just the 2d like execution dynamic so and i'm also you know way better at it so i have more fun playing it there's that too but being good at soul Calibur does not transfer into like any other (laughs) no that that, that is true that is totally true um in the meantime speaking of fighting games i spent some time in dive kick last night oh wow uh because the johnny gat pat the johnny gat patch (laughs) has dropped more than a year after launch um they're giving it some extended support. We have a new character, new background. A couple special moves have been twisted around. Um, what is most surprising is you you use the D-pad in the menus nowadays, Whoa. which really tripped me out. Yeah, because, you know, it only has two buttons, right? Yeah. Like, you always press either dive or kick to navigate through menus. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, dive kick has four buttons. Oh, my where, gosh. Where you use the D-pad wow. to go left. And, and I'm like, what? <laughs> the biggest, most revolutionary change, though, with this patch is that people are actually playing it online. Yeah. Yeah. No one <laughs> no one plays dive kick. No. Nope. Um, and and I think yesterday when this patch was live, which would be uh, Wednesday actually, because uh-huh. people listening to it will hear it whenever they want. Um, there were like I looked at, at uh, Steam charts, and there were a grand total of twenty six people playing it at oh, its man. peak last night. <laughs> That's rough. Oh yeah, yeah it is. But I was still able to play Dive Kick on the internet with other people, which I've always wanted to do. And guess what happened? Uh, they won. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine lag and dive kick in the same Oh like, no, it's it's okay though. It's um it uses GGPO, so it's, yeah. so you know you're good. Yeah, you're good with GGPO. Um that's that's the thing. Like I as much as I can like like rip on dive kick, it it's always sad to see a number like that, like twenty six grand total players mm-hmm. playing at the same time. That's like that like makes me feel bad regardless of what I feel about the game. You know? Like right now, as we're talking, there are like sixteen people playing it. And I feel and, like and, and an hour ago there were eight. <laughs> I feel like that that community is probably just like 
those are the people that are so good at it that they just can't afford to quit it anymore because yeah. they spent the time to get really good at it. Well, I, I joined a Steam group called um, Casual Weekly Dive Kick Tournaments, uh-huh. and they haven't posted a whole lot of announcements or events <laughs> about playing Dive Kick. They've moved on. Oh my god, yeah, I Too guess, casual. I guess. Uh, <laughs> anyways, um, speaking of moving on, we should probably move on. Oh. <laughs> uh, the, it, has anyone else been doing anything cool we want to get into before we get into the news? I mean, just uh, just more Smash 4, like usual. Oh yeah, that's right, I did play a bit of Smash 4 this weekend during the fight night. I thought it was kind of kind of slow, kind of floaty. I mean, I didn't play a lot, and I didn't really have a good opportunity to get into it. I was just kind of playing it on a friend's 3DS while waiting <gasps> while waiting for a chair to open up on Melee. Uh-huh. And but yeah, it was just surprising going from Melee to Smash Four oh, how much okay. slower it gets. Like it feels uh, like you're playing with like low gravity slow mo turned on. I, I okay. I was gonna ask you like you answered the question that I was gonna ask you. I was gonna say what was the last Smash Brothers you played, but you were literally at like a melee <laughs> yeah, thing. We're all yeah, playing yeah. melee at the time. Compared to melee, yes, Smash Four is much slower. Compared to Brawl, however, Smash and 4... And I never got into Brawl, so right. I don't have that frame of reference. Neither did I, but it, it's like fine. Like you, it, there's no reason to have gone into Brawl. But Smash Four <laughs> is like <laughs> Smash Four is a huge step up from Brawl. It's it's like if you look at I think uh, Pro Jared put up a video that was like. Uh, th- like three game comparison of like of attacks that remained throughout all three games yeah. and it was like he did like Pikachu's forward smash and like Marth's some of Marth's attacks and stuff and the speed at which they move in uh, melee and smash four is like pretty similar but brawl is like noticeably like extremely slower and so smash four may not be as fast as melee but it's definitely a step in the right direction after what brawl was I I would hope so, but um I I I, I feel hate I I don't want to say something like this on the internet in front of people after maybe playing it for only like ten minutes on 3ds on a handheld, mm-hmm. but in those ten minutes it was a little hard for me to really see the appeal with with just how slow it was and maybe it was because I was going back and forth from melee to Smash Four, mm-hmm. but it just uh. It's just, it was so much more satisfying playing Melee. Yeah, it's it's satisfying for different reasons, in my opinion. After playing mm. Smash 4 extensively, and I played Melee a lot, um, Melee is a much more tech-heavy game, where yeah. I, I guess there's a higher skill ceiling, but, I mean, also, Melee's been out for 15 years, and the tech changes literally every year. Like, so I can see Smash 4 becoming a very tech heavy game as the as the years progress I, yeah. I hope so but i mean and that night melee just felt so much more quicker and snappier and you can cancel out of everything if you know what you're doing and yeah everyone falls faster and and jumps higher well especially and, captain falcon and, and smash 4 Jesus. you had more hang time mm-hmm. but your jump height might have been lower i mean i don't know the technicalities because i barely played it but but uh, that that was just my like own first of the first of the first impressions. Yeah, I guess it also depends on who you were playing to. Uh, it was just NPCs. I like, mean, basically, like, what who, I did was just character? see what the new characters were like. I tried out um uh, the villager for a while. I tried out okay. the Wii Fit trainer for a while, and the other character I played was just Link. Okay. Um, you. I mean, like, 
there are less floaty characters than all of them. Like, yeah. if you're playing like the staples like, from we Melee, Fit Trainer was floaty as hell. Yeah, but the, she's a low, like she's a floaty character. Like, I mean, if you look at Samus, she's been floaty in every game because that's she has that like low gravity kind of jump to her. Yeah, that she makes is kind of floaty. Yeah, so like. I don't know. I, like I would say, I, I would say reserve your your judgments until you get like some real time to like play it extensively. Um, but right, I don't right. know. It's definitely not melee. It's definitely not melee. I will give you that. It's not nearly yeah. as fast. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. So yeah, I guess um, I guess it would be a good time now to segue into news. <laughs> Oh, After come on, George. These messages. That was weak. Oh, oh damn it. Oh, not, uh, ah, we talked over each other. <laughs> you, can't segue into, you can't say we're segueing into news and then to cut to a commercial. That's just cruel. <laughs> I'm kidding. We're going to fix this. Going to a commercial now. How are we going? What are we going to do? It's fixed. We're going to commercial. Okay. Bye, everybody. I'm not going to tell you again. Put the suit on. I'm not going to listen again because I'm not going to wear it. Look, it's going to stretch. Put the suit on. Are these legal? Can I use these? Clear a path. Coming through. Cannonball. Knock it off. Snake, snake. Stay away from this area. I'll fight it off. I liked you better with a mustache. He's training for his biggest adventure yet. Oh, yeah. He's ready. Coach, there's some shrinkage. Please stay strong. Plumber boy, mustache man, your worst nightmare has arrived. Pack up your stuff. I got a little surprise for you here. Check it out. What do you think about that? We got real time, 3D, lush organic environments. How's that make you feel, buddy? Feel a little like your days are numbered? I'm going to have to ask you to leave. You're hurting my elbow. Is that Italian? No, Bandicoot. It's an Australian name. Hello and welcome back to the TOVG podcast. My name is George Wheatman and this is the official TOVG segue into news. <laughs> the official hey guys, TOVG we did a lot of talking about Resident Evil just then, but you know what we didn't talk about? Resident are, are, are the movies everyone loves. Um... Yeah, you know, Resident <laughs> Evil, the, um, the celebrated horror movie franchise. Are they considered um, horror? I know, right? I, I think it's horror like... action, I guess. Yeah. Like, like horror-themed action. <laughs> I don't know. Have you guys watched any of the movies? Yeah. I've watched yeah, one. Yeah, they're all action. I've watched one and three. I didn't I, watch I two. Feel, I feel dumb calling it a horror movie. I watched the third <laughs> one, the one with, I, I believe, the, was it two? Which one had Nemesis in it? So that was the third that's one. That's the second one. Okay. Oh, is oh, the second the one? Se- no, you're thinking I, the game. <laughs> they're like a, a bazillion Resident Evil movies. <laughs> no, no, no. But the, the most memorable are the first two. Because, yeah. I mean, the first two is Resident Evil 3. Um, it was it was stupid. Okay, and, and the, the third movie was the one where there's the scene where there's all the fire and crows. That's all I remember from it. Is that yeah, the one with that the freaking post-apocalypse theme? I don't know. Like I, in She's this like, one, I am Mila Jovovich and I am God. Like, in, yeah. in this one, Milo Jojova Jova Jovadich. She has a lover who like turns into Nemesis yeah. and they like make out in the end of the movie, and then someone blows him up with a rocket well, launcher. As Nemesis, and, as Nemesis, they they make. God, yeah. it was weird. It was <laughs> no, he three. does. Three was the one where it ends with with Mila Jovovich going into like a room that is a bunch of tanks of clones of her, and then I was like, oh, okay, and then it ended, and I was like, all right, so I'm going so that now. means that they have cloned 
the main character of this franchise forever so that they can clone this franchise forever. Yeah. I guess I guess what we're trying to get here is that uh, the Resident Evil movie franchise is a very, very different beast from the game franchise. Mm-hmm. It has its own continuity, its own characters, and uh, its own style. And the, the, the weirdest... It's, they're not exactly great movies. I guess they're mm-hmm. fun if you're, like, drunk. But um, <laughs> the weirdest thing about them is when you see costumes from the video games pop up in these movies. Because while they look great and, like low poly 3d video games they don't they don't look like fashionable outfits on an actual human being but anyways i haven't even ah, the actual news topic is that they are making a tv show based off the movie continuity great i guess german production house constantine who um also had a hand in making those movies is going to be producing a tv show after the next movie drops oh which i think is going to be number five or six is it at this point um is it uh, gonna you be know, on its own? I don't know. I I guess I what no. I, what do you mean? What do you mean? Is it gonna be connected to the like? Don't you know how the games are different from the movies? Is the TV show gonna be different from the movies and the games? No, no. The TV show is gonna be following the movie continuity, Ooh, I believe. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which which means it's gonna be almost as bad a clusterfuck as the game continuity. Uh, this sounds uh, on the surface level. It sounds like like yet another. Mm-hmm. Like cashing it's, it's in. It's not on... exactly unsurprising, but it's, well, it's not like, exactly. It's like we they already see the success of Agents of Shield, which is the TV like con- continuation from the Marvel Universe of uh, the Avengers movie. Yeah, and like that's doing really well. And and don't people hate it? Like no um, one says it's good. That I've I've heard mixed things on it. I've actually heard a lot of good things <clears> about okay. it to be honest. But like it's a successful show, whether it's liked or not. And there are a lot of shows that are kind of following in and, its and footsteps. And that's, that's what the Resident Evil movies are. They are successful, whether <laughs> they are loved or not. Yeah. So, I don't know. But the thing is, like, Avengers was a really good movie. And so, a show to follow it up had, like, that sort of hype to get it off the ground. I don't know if a Resident Evil show will have that sort of hype to get it off the ground. I I'm definitely not going to watch it. If it's on Hulu... Will, but- the I'm brand just has it. so much recommendation, <laughs> ah, so much recognition. I don't see how they couldn't at least get away with, with doing like I don't know, maybe a two season. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, they'll finish a season one at least. I don't, I don't really know if they'll go any farther than but that. Like, just as far as that schlocky, like superhero themed, because the Resident Evil movies almost, almost are superhero movies. Almost, almost, <laughs> like it, it just like primetime filler television it, it seems to fit the bill i guess yeah more like stupid hero movies <laughs> the uh, sad thing is, is like it's just hard to so... like i don't know even uh, like call resident evil a survival horror franchise anymore and i know yeah. they want to like move into that with seven because they were like saying they wanted to start like bringing Fresh. it back into it yeah have they been talking about seven i've heard a lot of um talk and videos for revelations 2 but not seven well they and, and even how... with revelations 2 they're like darkening up and rusting up the uh the demo videos a good deal yeah <laughs> they were saying like with how revelations kind of went back to horror which it, it in my opinion it kind of halfway did but uh they want to keep pushing towards that with seven they want it to be a, like full-on horror game again so as silly as the fun. franchise is i i hope they make something cool hmm. i guess I they're know. also um 
kind of reminding us that Resident Evil used to be survival <laughs> yeah. horror by releasing the remake remake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Going back uh, to the roots why a little is bit. it that the most excited, the thing I'm most excited about over the coming months is a remake of a remake? Um, How sad is that? I guess because I know I'm going to be taken care of. Well, the thing that bothers me is I'm like, Capcom, why don't you just make, like, another series? Because you're at installment number seven, and again you're going to try and reboot it, like, into something new. As as far as I'm concerned, like, Capcom have damned themselves by letting go of the people who made Platinum. Capcom is definitely not Nintendo when it comes to keeping a series running. (laughs) They used to be. They used to be, they used to have, like, the richest... Uh, lineup of IP, maybe of IPs, maybe outside of Nintendo, mm-hmm. but but so many of them have just like gone to waste. Resident Evil being one, yeah. And um, I just I just have to cross my fingers and hope for the best. And that's the reason why I'm excited for the remake. Remake is because I'm like I know what I'm in for. It would be hard for them to fuck that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they fucked up the Silent Hill Two HD remake. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, but it was still at least the same game. It's just worse tech, I guess. Uh, <laughs> you never know. Hey, I don't you know. know the the TV series might might pull out. You never you, you never know. I mean, it seems like, like everyone's jumping on that TV bandwagon, like Gotham, <laughs> Arrow, yeah, yeah. Like Flash. I like TV. You know, I I've heard bad things about Arrow and Flash, but I watch Gotham and I actually quite like it. Flash looks hilarious. <laughs> like whenever I see like, it, Arrow is my pretty good. My friend who is like big into comics watched Arrow and I just got to see his tweets for like two weeks about Ooh. how every episode up to like the 43rd episode sucked. <laughs> and you're just like, I, I started watching this, so I'm going to finish it, but I don't like it. And then he's like, oh, OK, I got to the end. It was pretty good, but the rest sucked. And I was like, all right, well, it, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's one of those slow burners, definitely, because it, it, there's certain scenes in Arrow that you're like, because it's it's, it's what I call CW. It, it's CW'd up. You know, everyone's yeah. looking like a model, you know, and everything <laughs> like that. And the acting for some reason, Arrow's acting is OK when he's Arrow. But when he's back uh-huh. on the island, he he his acting is terrible. Like, oh, great. <laughs> terrible. Let's get off this crazy island. Yeah. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, you you acted fine. With, with, oh, like, I don't even. I guess he's trying that to actually, act like a spoiled white kid, but it's not coming mm-hmm. off very well. I, wow, that's that seems like a hard thing to fuck up. But all right, yeah, I know, um, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wonder now that you mentioned the CW. I wonder who's going to be picking up this this Resident Evil uh, franchise. Mm. Does, does it say? Um, the the name of the production company that the Variety article dropped was called Constantine Productions, I know, but I, which I, I've never heard of. I mean, uh, like what, the network. network. Yeah. Oh no, no, I don't think we know that yet. <laughs> CW. Everybody's yeah, going to say like this. This can go very different ways depending on what network picks it up. Let's see. I'm gonna scan it really quick. All of a sudden, I, I couldn't AMC, see anything. And then, like, we get like another Walking <laughs> Dead. You know, really gritty. like a serious adult Resident Evil drama <laughs> <laughs> about about well, the the politics the and social <laughs> exactly. ramifications of of people making bad decisions about making mutant monster men, but based on the movies. Uh, that like, would be. I, I would actually be interested if that were the case, but yeah. that's probably not going to be the case. I, I mean, come on. Yeah, no, they don't. They don't mention the um, the network. 
I, yeah. It's a little bit weird because Resident Evil is popular the same reason why like Transformers is popular, right? It's like eye candy yeah. type stuff. It's just like, like and wh when you go down to TV fun series, if you're drunk. It, when you go down to the <laughs> TV series, you kind of lose some of that like production value. So a lot yeah. of the action and all those you know CGI is just gonna be a little this bit lackluster, right? So yeah. It's not going to have the same drive, unless the story is really good, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, ac action, action sequences for TV are never going to be funded as well as action sequences for movies. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's yeah. It's, 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 people can't the, the, do it the right. So, the, the social commentary is so subtle and <laughs> intelligent. Um, I mean, they're, they're called the Umbrella Corporation. Uh, it's just, it's clever. It's so clever. Uh. <laughs> On to some good news. Hmm. Bayonetta 2 is wiping the floor with positive reviews. Yeah. For that reason, I have decided the uh, the Black Friday Wii U purchase is going to happen. Damn. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And no, it's it's totally going to happen. I'm going to get one of those $200 furbished Wii U's from Nintendo. Maybe a bundle if uh, it ends up getting getting cheaper. Because I got to play this game now. Like, I think I've talked a lot about Bayonetta before and how it's one of my favorite games of the previous generation. And I'm, like, super duper happy <laughs> that are the gonna, second one... Are you going to buy it online or are you going to go out and get trampled by the humans? Definitely online. Oh, Definitely. Okay. Well, There's yeah, no, smart. no contest. <laughs> no contest. If you... Uh, if you I, I don't know, like, your decision is probably made mostly right now, but also, you know, Smash 4 comes out on Wii U on yeah. November 21st. There might yeah, be yeah. a Smash and, 4 bundle. Yeah. And and Pokemon, they're, they're, Nintendo <laughs> was, you know, making that double release move toward the uh, Black Friday releases. Right. <sighs> but yeah, I'm getting excited just, like, thinking about it, because, um, <laughs> like, they're also actually selling Bayonetta this time. Yeah. They didn't really market the previous one, but this one is having, um, commercials on air. It's, it's climbed up to number five on the Amazon top selling video game list yesterday, which isn't necessarily like super great, but it's a platinum game and platinum games never sell. The only one that did was Metal Gear Rising. Yeah. And um, like, I, I just love the idea of and also critics are rating it a lot higher this time than the first one. And I love the idea of both critics and consumers kind of um, getting back into the or at least like becoming at least more self-aware of the platinum game style how mm -hmm. how like the gaudy ridiculousness over the top of of this bayonetta character and the game that that she's in are kind of very much a like deliberate commentary on the the tackiness and cheesiness of japanese action games yeah and and i like the idea of more people getting that though the uh the polygon review is a little interesting because i don't think that guy gets it well but i mean everyone else does <laughs> which makes me super happy there, i have I have a, I have a plent a plentiful collection of Polygon articles that yeah. I think don't get it, but you know, <laughs> and and I mean you know like it's it's fine like I was saying freedom of speech earlier right, exists not not getting not getting how and why the the bayonetta character is as sexualized as she is is totally in your prerogative, but yeah. um, but it's still I guess just kind of funny to poke fun of because um. Like, I totally kind of get where this author's coming from. Like, she totally is unnecessarily sexualized, but I don't, I cannot agree that she's objectified. Like, like it's a very, it's a very different kind of video game female sexualization than most other characters. It seems to be a deliberate choice as opposed to, like, a unconscious, like, like, I'm, like, they just, like, designed Bayonetta because 
that, like that's how they see women regularly like it yeah. seemed to be a deliberate choice to design her all completely ridiculous like i i don't know i don't think oof, oof. dangerous that's, territory yeah i, yeah, I know <laughs> I, mean, maybe, maybe. I mean hey so, some Dame, people it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter at all what what it was what the intentions trying, are yeah what the intention was it's it's gonna be like oh it's over sexualized and you should never I, do that and blah blah blah, blah. i saw i saw a good what's exciting what tweets I, I guess it just depends <laughs> on like how shamelessly aware of the over sexualization it is like i guess I, I don't know like the doa games really creep me out like they seem skeezy but for some reason bayonetta doesn't and it's very hard to put a finger on why um and um but and and also probably varies a lot per person but well, i think in, in my case it, i guess it has to do with how much the characters are like owning owning it like the doa girls just kind of accidentally fall into these poses whereas bayonetta <laughs> is like actively doing it to kick people's well, asses it's, it's like how some people say like if that's like say sexist then 300 is sexist against men you know yeah. like it doesn't really matter it's just like yeah if they and, designed a character to look attractive uh, with everything they do it's just the way of it and that that that's also like I know that's also dangerous territory to tread, but like yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> everything I, I is saw, dangerous. Well, yeah, I saw a tweet that I like really it like resonated with me because I've been thinking this for like a little while, and it was something I forgot who it was from. I think it was a female developer, if I remember correctly. I, I think I wrong. might know who you're talking about. It was. It said. Um, I don't necessarily want unsexualized female characters. I just want interesting and like fully thought out female characters. And I was like, that's a good way to think about it because when you yeah, think so about it not in just real a life, body. like in real life, there are like there are people, men and women, who are just sexual people. Like yeah. to like write that out completely and get away like. I mean, you could write a character like that, but you could also it, write it, a character that's not like that. And was it um, as long Kanoko, as the one of the animators on Skullgirls, who um, you're talking about? Maybe? She says, all I want out of lady representation in media is very different and interesting women, and Bayonetta fits that criteria for me. That's the tweet. Man, yeah, you're, that, that you're was smart her. Man. That was her. Yeah, no, I saw that. I saw that one as really? well. Really? Skullgirls? Yeah. No, no, Skullgirls the... was made by ladies. Bayonetta was designed by a lady. Well, wow. the, a guy did the game design, but a lady did the art and character design. Huh. Yeah, and that's that's, that's the thing is like, like that, that, I think that kind of does make a difference though. Well, like when we, my personal, like, uh, the the thing I reference when I think about this stuff is, I never minded Samus in the like post game of Metroid. Whenever you beat the game and like. The best time or whatever it shows samus in like civilian clothes like chilling and she's wearing like <laughs> that sort of sports bra and short shorts kind of space suit deal but i never really took issue with that because it was like like whenever she's not bounty hunting like i don't give a damn it, it, what she's wearing like, like less she's than one percent of the game right but like it was the idea of like i mean if she wants to wear that as a, if she was like a real person and she bounty hunted in the suit i wouldn't expect her to wear armor like just chilling in her house right like but the way that mother other m did it is it made her more sexualized and then it like got rid of like interest in her character and made her this weird vapid like i don't know like transparent mess which that... is why i have not played other m yeah and like that's the thing is though if she was interesting and they had those like weirdly out of place sexual like upscales <laughs> for lack of a better word uh I think it wouldn't have been as bad, but they like 
made her character dumb, and then they like switched it to visual mode, which was like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't um, feel that Bayonetta does that, and I don't feel that Skullgirls does that and stuff, you know? Yeah, and, and if anyone hasn't played it, I highly recommend getting into either or Bayonetta 2. Bayonetta 1 is one of my favorite games of the mm. previous generations. Bayonetta 2 is apparently one of the critics' favorite games of this year. I can't wait to play it and see if they're right. But uh, in the meantime... But Legend of Korra is coming out in a couple I, days. Oh, God. Yeah, and yeah, I'm getting in a couple that. days. <laughs> and it is funny. Like, they haven't really been been hyping the shit out of that. And I'm a little... I don't know if I should be nervous or not. Because um, <laughs> it, it didn't exactly seem to have a super long development cycle. Like, that game was announced just four months ago. Like, it feels like yesterday when, when you were on the podcast with us, yeah. Matt. When we were talking about the announcement. Yeah. That's right. I, I, like, hardly even know anything about this core game. I really hope it's not one of those, like, oh, we spent, like, two months on this. Here you go. <laughs> I yeah, really hope I not. announced it when we started development. <laughs> right, right. Well, like, 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 Platinum Games don't really have a reputation for being long, so I guess it might not be unreasonable to expect it to be, like, a short game. It's downloadable only. Do you know what the price tag is? Mm. I think it's downloadable only anyways. Mm-hmm. Like there, um, let me look it up on Steam. Legend of Korra, Steam. But uh, the short announcement to release date um, kind of weirds me out. Just the um, <laughs> the the licensing involved. That it's based on like a kids show from Nickelodeon. Kind of weirds me out. It's also published by Activision, which uh, well, you know they they have a reputation. Oh my God, fifteen dollars. What? The Korra game? On GameStop, right now, they are offering a download for it for $15, $14.99. Available on 10-21-2014, 9 a.m. Wow, okay. No. Okay, it's a budget game based off a children's TV no. show license. That the grant is enjoyable by people of all ages. Published by Activision. Announced and released in a very short time span. Hmm. Uh, oh, no. George, why did you have to look up stuff? No. <laughs> I, I, I was, no, you should be like, yay, it's only $15. No, I don't <laughs> care about that. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but, but no, it's like, probably going to be really okay, short. The, the, no, it's fine. If it is really short, it's going to be... That's at least going to be the concession that Platinum will make. Platinum has yet to make a bad game. And part of the reason why I'm really interested to see how this one turns out is because if they do ever make a bad game, this would be their one opportunity to... Mm. And in which case, I would just be interested to see what a bad platinum game looks like, because because this is coming out like within a week of Bayonetta two coming out. Same company. Oh, I guess that's another reason to be a little skeptical is that they were juggling multiple projects with this thing. Uh, it's, it's, well, no, it's gonna be good. I, it's gonna be good. I'm gonna play okay, it. I'm gonna enjoy okay. it. I'm gonna review it, and I'm gonna give after, it ten out of ten. After you do, you should come 10. over and we should we should play through Bayonetta together, because because be then there. you'll I'll, I'll get you into Platinum Games, because Platinum Games are are bloody brilliant. I just forgot well, to try it out. They're they're like an, an affectionate homage and satire all at the same time of things that make old school dumb video games wonderfully exciting and and also hilariously cheesy and dumb <laughs> well i guess i'm glad that i'm not a cora fan so i don't have to worry it's, i'm a platinum it's fan fun. and i'm I, still a little worried i'm more of an avatar last airbender fan like hardcore one of my favorite series of all time mm. legend of cora uh, it's good and it got season three was 
was really good compared to the last two seasons. So I, uh-huh. it's like going through season one and two. I, I don't know if I recommend it as much. You know, it's like a chick flick for like, not chick flick, but like a teeny bopper. Oh, who do I love? And <laughs> they CW'd yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just like oh, and then the end of season three, they did something just genius. What what? Character progression. They did character progression, and it's it's amazing. And that's all I'm gonna say. All right. Well, if it makes you feel any any bit reassured, that fifteen dollars I said was a price on GameStop. Steam does not have their price tag up for it yet. I can't really find a reliable one elsewhere. So it may, in fact, not be a super cheapo budget yeah. <laughs> throwaway shovelware game. <laughs> but still, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna, gonna buy it. I'm know. gonna. You know, it, it's a down. You said it's downloadable, right? So there's no box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think oh, there'll be man. a box. Yeah, I'll just download Anyways, it on the Xbox. Um, we, we, we actually had some really um, active topics on the forums this week. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. People people are chit-chatting. We have a Q&A thread, and I thought it would be fun to go through some of those right now. We're uh, a little short on time, so we're going to have to breeze through them. But yeah. still, let's do it. Uh, KPO's asked, do you guys have any favorite endings to a video game? Um, mine, I would definitely say my favorite ending... Uh, was the first time I beat Braid, and oh, yeah. also the first time I beat Antichamber was a really, really powerful ending. Um, what made it powerful? Because I remember that ending, and it was abstract as hell for me. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I, I think it was just... I, th- I think it's the way that they played with visuals and color representation in that game, and because like they, you progress from blue to green to yellow to red as far as your, your like block gun goes in Antichamber, and then... The final thing you do is absorb the black matter and your gun turns black and like you absorb the world and it was I don't know it was really really interesting because the whole game was like too abstract to have like much of a clear and defined meaning it was just like a lot of like concepts but that last one kind of like wrapped it all with like a this is the definitive end of the game and I, I don't know I thought it felt really satisfying I suppose yeah uh how about you Jordan um it, strangely, the first thing that comes to mind is this really obscure indie game called Primordia. But um, heard, this is actually something people mm. should check out. That's news to me. Yeah, I think people should uh, take a look at it, though, because the ending... There's actually, like, multiple endings. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Beneath a Steel Sky, if any of you have ever played that. I have also heard of that. I have not played it. <laughs> I have played a bit of it. <laughs> Point-and-click old-school adventure, right? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah, old. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like that, but yeah, there's there's multiple endings, and there a lot of them are very, very depressing. Like, there was one that almost brought me to tears. Um, but it's a cool game, like, really cool art, great voice acting, actually, which is rare for a two-dimensional game. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a great point-and-click, but I'm, I don't want to ruin what happens at the end, so... Uh, <laughs> it almost this? made me cry. <laughs> it's Just called so Primordia. Primordia, okay, yeah. cool. What about, uh, what about you, Matt? Mass Effect 3. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, I'm joking. Shots I am fired. so joking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was like, oh shit, oh shit, I, gonna get on Twitter, gonna turn on caps lock. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt, but all right. <laughs> um, um, all right, I, I have a few favorites, but I think one that really, I, I, one of my favorites is The Walking Dead Season 1. I mean, mm, okay. It, I was crying. I was crying. Me, like, my wife was, like, right next to me, and I was, like, trying to turn my head a little bit. I was like, <laughs> like I couldn't even hold it. Like, because we played all through the whole thing 
in like uh-huh. one or two sittings and so everything we remembered everything from the last episodes and everything so it's it just it was just really powerful for me I, I've mm. never had a game like that that made me cry, like legitimately just cry. I'm like, wow. Not Damn. like sobbing, but mm. like, you know, tears, <laughs> manly tears running down my cheeks. Manly. <laughs> I uh, I want to say I have three of them. The first one's Ocarina of Time, maybe like a, a relic of my childhood, but something extremely satisfying mm. about the way that one ends and kind of like an explosive, very uncharacteristically gory moment of, yeah. of, of violence. And Metal Gear Solid 3 and Red Dead are the two others. And I guess that recurring thing I'm noticing is that I'm a big fan of um, endings where the heroes just get like the shit beat out of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like there's something really, really... I guess kind of rewarding and cathartic and satisfying about um like that moment in the three arc story where the heroes hitting rock bottom happening at the same time as the ending. Yeah. Like um and also any of of the Walking Dead endings as well. I just finished playing through season 2. I loved the endings I've in those and that. uh that's that's also a case where that happens like some very very devastating character developments happening happening within minutes of the game itself ending. Those always those always kind of kind of resonate with me. I, yeah, you know, now that you mention it uh to like further the idea that the same idea from Ocarina of Time, I really enjoyed how visceral the ending of Wind Waker was. I don't know if you ever finished yeah, that yeah. one. The cause that game is very non-gory and the the like it ends in the same manner as Ocarina of Time, but the the like the gore moment is so much more like it, it's very, very like, oh wow, yes. That is definitely my sword and, in his and, face. And also, Ganon has like a sympathetic villain moment. <laughs> yeah, he does. Shortly before, it, oh, it's where very... he's like, "All I wanted to do was see my land return." Yeah, it's it's really I don't know. I remember the first time I beat that, and like you did, I did the cinematic kill and landed sword through his skull, and it just like showed him for a long time, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that's that's. Yeah. Like and, and, and unlike Ocarina of Time, which like actually has liquid blood splatter particles yeah. for, for just a few frames, but right. they're there. Like there is none in Wind Waker. It's just like the positioning and the angle of the sword looks yeah. like it hurts. It's a lot. I mean, yeah, it's it's <laughs> I, I remember that being pretty powerful. I yeah. also want to mention uh I did enjoy the Kingdom Hearts 2 ending, but I also enjoyed Halo 3's ending. Uh, oh yeah. I really it, it's it's what Halo is one of those things I always played with my friends like through yeah, one here. two and three and four and um <laughs> and Halo 3 for some reason that that we spent the whole night playing this playing Halo 3 when it first came out and mm-hmm. the ending was just so like awesome and we we play on legendary and it, right and we finally like That's the only way that, to do it. you know we're in the the warthog and you know where people like fall out and die for no reason you know like some weird bugs and we finally reached the ending and we're like yes like uh such such a good experience when you're having a couple friends over yeah yeah i remember the the ending of halo one on legendary the first time i beat that with my buddies that was also very like just like we did it it was like a good like yes yeah yeah um, the Echo asks. I'm sort of wondering if George Kite Tales and Jordan will collaborate with TOVG outside of the podcast. 
Uh, Jimmy and Satch both show up as either part of the production on an on-screen role between different TOVG series with relative frequencies, but the rest of us don't. Um, I guess, I don't know, like, me and Jimmy might have a lot to talk about that, but it has a lot to do with, like, affiliations and geography. Yeah, I mean, like... Like, like Jimmy, this is your job, right? Right, like, I'm I'm at the TOVG office right now, and, recording and this. And there is a TOVG office. Yeah, and... They're like, isn't a bunny hop office, and I'm in Atlanta, <laughs> and you guys are, are in the LA area, so there's, like, 3,000 miles and $400 a plane ticket between us. Yeah, and, and like, just like the, the question said, uh, me and Satch show up as either part of the production or an on-screen role. And more so that is me with an on-screen role and Satch with production because, I mean, he's a professional graphic designer for a living. Despite the fact that he lives in New York, which is the farthest place in the U.S. away from L.A., um, I know someone's going to be like, but Maine. Shut up. Maine doesn't exist. No one lives in Maine. Maine's stupid. If if you're in Maine, why? <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. No, okay, no, I apologize. I'm sorry, I just Maine wanted people. to be funny. Yeah, I, just, I just wanted to. I just I just wanted to be funny at your expense. <laughs> no, okay, I'm, not, I'm not against like no big deal. collaborating. No big deal. I just like I mean it's been a while since I've actually gotten a big project done myself. So it's all it all right. depends on the timing and. Yeah, I mean, like, I yeah. know me and Jordan have talked about doing a video crossover together before, and, like, yeah. I would be, I'd be open, or I've actually, I've talked about it with Kite Tales as well, pretty much the only person I haven't talked about it with is George, but we do the podcast pretty much every week, and I would, of yeah, course, yeah. be, like, this, this, this counts, yeah. right? right? And I would be down to I do a crossover with George do. It's super duper to. fun. Yeah, and, like, I don't know, it's, it's mostly a scheduling thing, because, like, I guess, like, George has his weekly videos that he does, you know, for his own channel. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like, on, on it's just, like... On top of a day job, which is, like, completely unrelated to any of this. Right. Which and, is very different from Jimmy's situation. Yeah, and, and like, even me and, actually, me, Satchel, Jordan, and Kite Tales all have, like, an erratic sort of uploading schedule where <laughs> most of the time we just kind of, like, want to finish the projects that we're working on. But, you yeah. know... Yeah. Yeah, I don't um, know. Um... Next look, question is yeah. oh so what were you saying? Nothing. You wanted all. to look something? Okay. No, I was just um, saying that Maine is really stupid. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not wrong. Anyways, GTTTTT asks, what is a game you never had when you were a kid, but now have and love? Uh anybody want to take this one? I know, I know what mine is. Does anyone else know what theirs is? No. Um, <laughs> um, I spent a good year trying to get a hold of Resident Evil 4 when I was a kid, the GameCube version, because uh -huh. my mom didn't let me play M-rated games. That didn't really stop me, though. Right, of but, course. Um, but, but about a year after launch, I, I finally got a hold of it, and was I was like super young at the time. I think I was like 15, and after I got my first day job, I was able to walk with my feet to a GameStop several miles away mm. and pick up this game and come back home with it, and it ended up becoming one of my favorite games of all time. Damn. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, granted, that still happened during my childhood, but I just remember like the one most... The, the longest and most rewarding quest to get something that was supposed to be out of my reach was Resident Evil 4. And I don't know if that ended up making it feel better for me, but um, it might have contributed to it. Mm -hmm. But uh, it was just so satisfying to like finally, finally have it. I guess another example that was completely out of mine or anyone else's control would be Metal Gear 2. Right. Which I played like last year and absolutely loved. It came out in 1990. Either one or two, I believe. Just to be clear, was, this is not Metal Gear Solid 2. This not is Metal, just Gear, Metal Solid Gear 2. 2. 
Right. It's it's an absolutely excellent 16-bit era game that should be right up there with like Final Fantasy VI or uh, something. Wow. Oh my god, it is amazing, and no one has played it because it didn't have a proper stateside release until it came bundled with Metal Gear Solid Three in 2006. And and by then no one really like knew about it. Like it wasn't a stand on release, standalone release. People still don't really know about it. And until they market a downloadable only version of it, I don't think people really will. Mm-hmm. But oh, that game is is just absolutely amazing. Like it's wonderful when you play something really, really old that still impresses you the first time when it's way past its era. That's how right. you know it's good. And yeah. Metal Gear 2 is like good stuff. You know, speaking of that, like on that note, I think I did think of one that mm-hmm. I uh you know, did not play in the time of its release, but got more recently, which is, uh, I think about two years ago, I picked up and played a Super Nintendo copy of Super Metroid for the first time. And Mm. that game is fantastic. It's like, because I played Zero Mission and Fusion as like my first Metroid experience. And uh, Super Metroid was like what those were, but it felt like so much like more raw, I suppose. Um, I, I do remember like one one specific puzzle of using a power bomb on a glass tube was I could not figure it out for about five hours but uh, the rest of the game was just really I solid. I remember that glass tube. It's funny because oh, that glass tube was the worst. It's funny because they give you like it's the level design is solid. There's a room right next to it that is a broken glass tube. And then and, you go and I in never that noticed that. I had to look it up. I know I did too. And the funniest there were thing, no clues. The funniest thing was when I was stuck. I literally like Google image searched Super Metroid stuck, and I found a picture of the exact <laughs> of map. that tube. No, that fucking no, tube. It wasn't the tube. It was my map, my overworld map with the exact amount explored that I had. And it was like <laughs> this person is exactly where I'm at, and they yeah. don't know where to go either. It was so funny. Oh my god! But aside from that, I really loved Super Metroid. That I that's a game that I'm gonna like. I will be playing several times over the next few years, just like picking it up and playing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you guys? Oof. <laughs> I, I I don't know you Jordan. It, it's um, it's hard because it's, we've like played everything by now probably. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no 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 not, no. I mean it's not like, literally. Like the only but... thing I can remember was when I was a kid. I really for some insane reason wanted Kirby sixty four. Like I like that so game. badly. So, I, I don't know why I wanted it so bad, and I never got it. Um, <laughs> I didn't get to play it until I was like I don't know. Tw- 19 oh wow <laughs> that was like when i finally got my i think i ended up emulating it or something but <laughs> did it uh live up and live now up to yeah, all your I expectations it. it's a great kirby game yeah i a lot of people hate it i really like kirby 64 it's, well, it's one of the few kirby games along with like dreamland 3 where if you want like a real challenge there's a whole other ending you can open up if you get like say yeah. all the crystal shards and so the right. game, that's the what game i need to be, do like, really cause... hard too Right. Even even as like simplistic and easy as Kirby games are, like I found that one just kind of crossing the line. Which one? Uh, Kirby sixty four. Oh, as you mean in simplicity? Yeah, I think I you know I feel like Kirby is Sakurai's like playground to like do whatever he wants and like which which is totally okay, right? Like I feel like he makes those games to just be pleasant and like happy and there there's some challenge in some Kirby games. They're not all like not all of them have it. But there are a few that have like some ridiculously hard little like things you can find if you really dig deep and like like for like Jordan said, completing Dreamland three like that's that's hard <laughs> if you don't if you're not <laughs> using a guy that can get pretty hard. But <laughs> yeah, 
Um, so Matt, are you sure? Uh, I, I mean, there's, no. there's nothing from your childhood. I, I wanted Bomberman. That you got sweet revenge I on Bomberman. Okay, and then I played a lot of Bomberman later on in high school. But I, mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I enjoyed it a whole lot. I mean, hours and hours of fun. But I don't know if I love it. I've been. I, it, I just saved up and bought the game that I wanted. You know, I wanted Pokemon. I saved up and bought it. You know, I wanted. You know, Link to the Past, I like, saved up and bought it. That's pretty much <laughs> what I did as a child. That That is the one game that I can say. <laughs> I, I, I I didn't have it as a child, got it as an adult, and didn't. I, I don't love it. it. on purpose. <laughs> I know you did. Freaking, I, I know Link to the Past is well made, but I just, I hated my playthrough. The whole time I was just like, oh, why did this, this is oh, why did they do this? Like, there's so many times when I was just like, why does the stupid green blob with orange hair hit for two hearts of damage? What? It's bullshit. What about uh, like Link that... Between Worlds? Did you enjoy that one? Oh, I loved it. It was like my, it's my favorite Zelda, like, game-wise. Yeah. I, it's so like, <laughs> like, I love Majora's Mask. Everybody knows I love Majora's Mask, but Link Between Worlds is like, if somebody was like, what should I play to get into Zelda? I'd be like, Link Between Worlds. Don't even touch anything else. <laughs> yeah. Go straight to that one. Hmm. It's good. It's just... I, 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 I just keep playing it. I just keep picking it up and playing it. Going hard mode, whatever. It's, it's fun. It's good. It's just a yeah. good time. It's great. It's fantastic. Um, we have time for one last question, and that is, how did you all get your start in making videos? What compelled you to do so, and why did you choose the format you did? What are the benefits of making videos over the traditional written format? That one might end up going on long, but I think I think we all know a few answers. <laughs> if you, How about we'll do the extended answer next week, because we're running oh, out of time, okay. and the short okay. answer this week. Um, well, I guess, like, view counts is one. People like videos a lot more than they like articles for Mm. some reason these days. And they both, uh, kind of poke from a similar skill set. Yeah. Which is, like, writing and delivery. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, if you want to, if you want to know how I started, I think mm -hmm. me and George have a similar story of, we like sequelitis. There wasn't yeah. a lot of sequelitis, and so we decided back, back to make in the, a show. The vintage <laughs> Grump days, there was a lack of sequelitis, yeah. a lack of JonTron, and I was like, I should uh, maybe give that a shot because because there's a hole. <laughs> yeah, there were there wasn't the content that I was looking to watch. I couldn't find any more content that that like I wanted to watch, so I just tried to make it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how about you guys? Um. Oh, okay. Um. I'll, I'll be brief so it's not all like sad or anything like that. It's not meant to oh, be. Um, oh, I uh, I couldn't work anymore because mm-hmm. I had a medical problem that kind of like made me unable to work. So instead of like mm. sitting home and like I have nothing to do, I just end up trying out YouTube and I ended up enjoying it. And that's pretty wow. much... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much what that I story, to make it short. <laughs> that's, that story ended up much more positive yeah. than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, what about you, Jordan? Wait, what was it again? <laughs> so, um, I'm like, I'm how, how did you get your start making videos? What compelled you to do so? Okay, and why I, did you choose the format you did? Um, yeah, basically, um, I don't know. I went through like a really lonely phase of my life um, where... YouTube was kind of like providing a comfort mm. for me where I just mm-hmm. like it was yeah 
I don't know. I started watching JonTron and the basic stuff. I was really into Yahtzee Croshaw. Um, and I oh, kind of yeah, just, yeah. I yeah. kind of blended together everything I watched and I wanted to make something. Um, mm. but I definitely went for more of a JonTron-esque style at first. It was just a terrible, like, JonTron ripoff. I, I think it's always funny when you go back and look at, like, the earlier videos of everyone talking today. Yeah. Like, you can clearly see where we were coming from. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And a lot yeah. of people started it, that way, too. Yeah, and, and the accusations, like, oh my gosh. I and, and you don't even know how bad you're ripping off someone sometimes. No, yeah. Like, it can happen <laughs> accidentally. It's completely accidental. I, I always like to, whenever this kind of thing is brought up, I always like to say, go to Ego Raptor's channel and sort his videos by date uploaded and go back to like the first video he uploaded and it's this little game review of like a like shitty 3 ds or a shitty ds puzzle game but it is like it is so avgn it's crazy he mm -hmm. uses like some of his terminology even and it's it's really funny to see like how drastically he he changed into like animations and sequelitis and stuff from where yeah. he started making oh gosh i want to one one last thing I want to say, and I'll be super quick about it. I don't want to give away any names, but okay. a game developer, an indie game developer making a game by himself sent me an email this week saying that people were accusing him of plagiarizing another another game developer's style. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the dates. His uh, The guy who was emailing me came after, and I was like, you know, dude... <laughs> It might not technically be plagiarism, but this this might also just be part of the learning process <laughs> yeah. of of coming up with your own style. Like, like I, I mean, really, nothing's original anymore. And also just the process of learning a skill and getting good at it. Um, you have to start somewhere yeah, you do. And, and you might not even notice you're doing it like this guy in his email. He sounded completely clueless about it. But when there is already an established style, when there's already a precedent that you're trying to follow in the wake of, you end up kind of subconsciously adapting it. Yeah. Well, and I remember like someone back when I first started making videos, uh, they commented like or they sent me a message or something saying uh, you need to find your niche. And so uh -huh. like. I never thought I would. I was always like, well, pfft, I don't know what I would do. And then, like, you find something, like, I hate to even say it, but, like, becoming, like, the horror guy kind of, it gives you, like, a theme if you find yeah. something that you can, people can just call you the something guy. Yeah. And it, yeah. it helps develop your style, too. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, definitely. You, you definitely anyway, just to go find a niche. and do it. Like, you can't just, like, oh, I mean, I don't... You, you'll learn by yeah. doing. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, like one of my first... Because I, I started, like, with a bunch of MMOs, and I started to do Guild Wars 2 at first, and then I kind of... Now I do, like, reviews weekly. You know, mm -hmm. and the first review I, I did, like, I had... I, I was so pumped on, of course, John Tron and The Completionist and all these mm -hmm. reviewers that I always watch uh, just for the sake of entertainment, not necessarily what the game that they're playing. And I always right. enjoyed the jokes. And that's what I, I just love doing jokes all the time. So I when I when I made that first one with Outlast, I was like, uh, and I look back on it now, I'm like, hold up. Like, wh why did I why did I put a completionist section? Like, it was like why did i do that <laughs> like yeah why, like oh my gosh that's so bad like you know it's like I, one of those things where it's just like yeah yeah and then i eventually found what i enjoy most of the process of me reviewing the game like oh i but just want to make the, jokes and talk about the pros and cons and you know yeah that's what i want to do the great thing about this medium though is that like you're not married to any one video like I put out my first level head and it doesn't 
it doesn't look anything like the ones now because like yeah, no. you know, I chopped up the <laughs> intro to take it out because that was unnecessary. I changed the formatting I, a little I, bit because I tweaked it because I wasn't like set in stone that I had to do it exactly like the one time that I thought it was okay. Like I can I, change I love, and adapt. I love my new fans, but please don't watch my old video. <laughs> please don't. <laughs> like seriously, guys. I, I I have mixed feelings about my old videos. Some of them are some of them I like. Some of them I. <laughs> it, it, it's funny anyway, when you rewatch right. the videos, you see what you know, like what what's been going what on in your life during that time, yeah. and why you made that joke, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How? Anyways, yeah, okay. we've gone over. We have, <laughs> but it was fun. It was it was a lot of fun. This was a good one, mm -hmm. and um, I really I really like the Q and A's. I hope you guys too keep it up. And um, but yeah, yeah, like like you just saw, we read the forums, we reply to them. I'm trying to get more active. Yeah, about that. If you want to see more Q&A stuff in the podcast, literally all you got to do is go ask more questions in the TOBG forums. And There's a thread for it. Yeah. Yeah. There could be several threads. We have an entire sub forum for the podcast. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And uh, anyways, in the meantime, be sure to rate us five stars on iTunes if you're into iTunes. Mm -hmm. And um... If not, you can just, you know, direct download on, on the Libsyn link. Oh, and... Uh, like like we do, like we do. Right, and uh, I know a lot of people who use Android want to listen to us on their devices. Uh, I've heard from several listeners that Podbay is a great way to do that. Um, and then I think also Podtoid is a good app. I think that one's not free, though. Uh, but I have a couple friends who use that. And that, you could just plug in the RSS feed to that app and you get auto-downloads of our podcast listen, whenever listen it to us while you work out yeah. on your uh on your music playing device listen. so that way you can t tell us about how much weight we helped you lose listen to us talk about resident evil every week while you <laughs> run on the treadmill forever Sound no, like that's what i do actually like i have no other I, I i do listen to podcasts when i work out and it really really does help like yeah. it keeps yeah, your it mind does. off the pain i mean like i said it a little <laughs> jokey but like i'm serious it's a it's a great way to kill that time of you running a mile and then you... it's also the the only part in my schedule where i don't feel stupid listening to podcasts oh yeah that, there's yeah i can't sit down and watch tv or listen to something without having something else in my hands like doing like writing something down or drawing a picture right. like... so yeah anyways <laughs> while you're um anyway. just just burning off the calories make sure to rate us five stars talk mm -hmm. on the forums and uh until then we will see you all next week Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. That's where it should end. Okay. <laughs> that was a good song. All right. Okay. 